Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now it's time for Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue, Joe Grande, and Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pot Brothers-in-Law, with special guest Sean Kiernan from the Wheat for Warriors Project. Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101. My name is Blue. Alongside of me is the world-famous Pot Brothers-in-Law, Mr. Mark and Craig Wasserman. Not joining us today is Mark as he's in court, but Craig Wasserman is here, and we have the world-famous Joe Grande. And the world-famous Mr. Christopher Wright, also known on these streets Blue. Hello, and you know what's it's, up, Blue? Oh, uh, you know it's going down. I want to thank you all for listening to the podcast on Cannabis Talk 101. Call in and be a part of the show at one 1980 and make sure you check out our Instagram for daily news, learn the script, and so much more about the Pop Brothers at Law. These guys are amazing. You can find them at Was Law Craig. That's Mr. Craig. Waslaw Dog. His Is eyes were dog? almost good enough. His oh eyes were my almost God. good enough. Well, no, it's Waslaw and at Waslaw Dog. Blue is Mr. One, Christopher Wright, and Mr. Joe Grande is Joe Grande 52. Yes, and the show is at Cannabis Talk 101, and the Pot Brothers at Law are at Pot underscore Brothers underscore at underscore Law. law. So make sure you check us all out. A lot out. of underscores. Why did you guys do that? I know. Oh, uh, we've written. gone through that. We've gone through no, but it. But I haven't heard it in a long time. That was Let's an old man them. mistake. <laughs> it, was was your, you. it was your fault. When we, when we made up the page, standing there at Be Real Studios, and uh, I thought I was putting a space in between each word. <laughs> Little did I know it was creating an underscore, and there you have it. That's how it happened. Those old man moments happen now more often for myself as well, Craig. So you know what? <laughs> you know what? I, as Join much as I want to make fun of you at 48, I'm finding uh, myself doing some random stupid things that I go, oh my God, when my daughter, who is seven, who's editing the TikTok things, teaching me, I see her do her room <laughs> full of uh, toys and then empty. I'm like, my even wife goes, how does she know how to do it? I'm like, these kids. Yeah, where, where are the right? old ones? Where are, they, my, get, yeah, yeah. where are they getting all this information <laughs> so from? So Craig, don't worry. You're not the only old one in the group Thank here. You. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you guys, on today's show, we have a very special guest joining us via remote in wonderful Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. This man is no stranger to Cannabis Talk 101. He's no stranger if you're a veteran out there looking to score some medical marijuana. You've heard of him. You know him. Sean Kiernan. Hey. Is on the show from Weed for Warriors Project. How are you doing? Good. Sean, how are you, brother? I'm good. It's a little bit cooler out here, but still hot out here in Vegas. It's all relative, I guess. Well, well, Sean, first off, always thank you for your service as uh, you tell us what what you did in the military. First off, you'll have to kill you. I I think I just ran away from uh, from uh, from uh, family life that I didn't want to see. And uh, literally, I joined and I went to high school in the Valley, Crespi High School, which is an all boys Catholic school out in Encino, walked into a recruiter on victory 
Boulevard and said, hey, I want to go jump out of planes at 17. And at that point in time, they said, sure, we got a job for you. And I ended up in uh, Central America, Panama, Airborne Infantry, starting. I joined in 89 and uh, left Panama in 93. And so, you know, my formative years from seven, I turned 21 in the middle of the jungle. Uh, and I uh, was in El nice. Salvador at uh, 17. So interesting young life. Uh, just uh, enjoyed uh, and uh, learned a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. And no. what a fun story to think about at those ages where, you know, not everybody's 21st birthday is in the middle of a jungle. Sometimes I felt like I was in a jungle where I was at. It was a nightclub, but it felt kind of like a, a <laughs> jungle. cement jungle. Yeah, it, it was is a jungle. You yeah. know, and I was fighting to stay in it, though. And, you know, oh, I did come out in a, in a coma, just drunk and high as a kite. But you've done so much now that you've been out of the service. And how did you even start the Weed for Warriors project? Where does this come from? So it's interesting. Um, my partner, Kevin and Mark and the Wheat for Warriors project, we all came to it differently. I started obviously being the older man of the group. When I got out of the military, uh, I went straight from high school in, in the end of 93. I said, I got to go to college and get an education because all this grunt work I'm not you know, made for. So I literally ended up going to Berkeley, worked in finance at Ernst & Young, J.P. Morgan, uh, in the hedge fund community up until 2009 when everything went to hell. And uh, got laid off with everybody and never really went back. Moved to San Diego, uh, started exploring kind of my own issues that I never dealt with, both on the PTSD side, losing friends down in Central America, uh, both to helicopters being down and being shot and ambushed. And these things you compartmentalize at the time and uh, through uh, happenstance came up back into my life through politics and uh, WikiLeaks. And so that's how my issues came back to me uh, and with some information that came out. And through that, I, you know, started to self-medicate and, you know, went through the, the, in 2007, started to reach out for the pharmaceutical approach. Didn't work out for me, bought the suicidal inclinations and the addictions related to the medications that Big Pharma gives. And then it was at that point in time that I started to not only explore uh, you know, the pharmaceuticals, but other drugs. And I got addicted to uh, uh, ketamine and through that and through abusing other drugs and just not having my head on straight, I had a suicide attempt in 2011. And it was through, uh, you know, the ups and downs of recovering from that. In 2013, I was uh, 5150 at the La Jolla VA and 5150 is basically, I walked in because my dad suggested I go get a, a BA card because I had spent $200,000 on my health care the previous year, primarily because I didn't have insurance because I had a pre-existing insurance. My insurance canceled me once uh, I'm dealing with all these issues. And this was back. And at that time, the VA took a UA test and I peed hot for practically every drug they tested for and had some <laughs> nice. that they didn't test for in my system. <laughs> nice. and, and the doctor literally told me, goes, and at this time I'm in Rancho Santa Fe, which is like the Beverly Hills of San Diego. I have like six doctors. Um, and I'm literally in the hills growing, uh, doing mushrooms and ketamine and, and, and all the things I shouldn't be doing. And she goes, how would you like to be held against, uh, how would you like to be, uh, you know, stay here for observation? And I looked at her like, what are you talking about, doc? Because remember, I come from good health insurance and doctors and, and having money to deal with this at that time. And I said, well, I no desire. She goes, well, if you don't, I'm going to hold you against your will and 5150 you. Ooh. And again, I had no clue what the hell this meant. And I just walked out. And literally, as I was walking out, 
the veterans on the side were going, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> and I turned around and I saw all the uh, doctors <laughs> and the VA police not going to let me go. And so I said, are you serious? I came down here just to get an ID card. I don't need, you know, what am I doing here? <laughs> and you know, I learned there not to be honest with your VA. You can't talk about your escapades and your drug use. They, yeah. don't, they don't find humor in it at all. And uh, it was there, actually, ironically enough, that meeting the other veterans, and this is La Jolla, San Diego in 2013, uh, this was two months after Chris Kyle, the Navy SEAL, got shot uh, on the gun range of Texas. So basically what I learned was the VA is a CYA, and when you have a vet coming in who, you know, admits a suicide attempt in his file, it's on there, and he's peeing hot for every drug they test for, that's a good enough reason, I guess, not to hold you, but... What I learned there was the, you know, I saw firsthand the, the self-medication and the over-medication by pharma. And that's where I connected, having lived through this and then seen it firsthand with the VA, because I had never talked about my veteran experience with anyone. And so it wasn't even something that I considered at the time. And it wasn't until I got with doctors who understood how this stuff really affects you and that it is real um, and being self-aware and becoming to terms with my own self-medication and what I was doing wasn't working, uh, I started to work with Dr. Sue Sisley and reached out to her and was on CNN Weeks 3 and worked with Vice on on, on Weedekit and met Craig and, and I think uh, uh, the Pop Brothers before I even met uh, Weed for Warriors. And then I met founder Kevin in the start of 2015. I met him at the Denver High Times Cup and he had just you know come up with this idea at the end of 2014 and we had just gotten funding in that December. When I say we, the proverbial we, uh, for Sue's uh, research, uh, she's you know finished and going to publish on here in the near future. And so uh, made the pivot at that time to join the We for Warriors and uh, went with a, a brother of mine, Ricardo, who went and he was going to run it. And like so many of us who deal with these things, it's you know dealing with people is not easy. So he backed down, and I think everyone looked at me because I had was the one who had business experience. Um, to call BS at all the people coming wanting to do business with us who were just hustlers. Um, they looked at me and I kind of said, sure, I'll step up and help run it. And Kevin and Mark Carrillo, who's my partner, uh, runs the chapters and, and we still run it to this day. And, you know, we run it for the benefit of our brothers and sisters and us. We don't, you know, we don't raise money. We haven't raised money. We haven't sold anything. We don't charge veterans anything. And really it started us as us paying it forward because this helped us Sean. helping our brothers and sisters alleviated the, the survivor's guilt that we felt from leaving people behind. So uh, this has been just our journey on healing, brother. You know, I, I, I do, you know, I've, I've, I've got to follow and watch you guys through, you know, uh, the compassionate work you guys do. And I, I, I'll tell you, man, I really appreciate it. I've seen veterans and heard veterans testimonials um, from your guys' program that has allowed me to um, even accept it and b believe in what you guys do more because I've seen it firsthand. You know, I've actually been, you know, there and, and watched them come up and show their testimony about uh, helping them not feel like they want to commit suicide, understanding the PTSD. TSD, how cannabis has helped save their life, not only the, the, the program, because it's like it, it's it's cannabis and the program, right? It's how, the weed for warriors. It, it, it comes so well together because you hear someone, the veterans say, hey, look, I felt like taking my life. I was using X, Y and Z drugs. And now I, I smoke cannabis and I have this veterans group that I can relate with because they've been through a lot of the same, you know, uh, trials that I've been through to make me feel these ways. 
and there you are for them. So, I mean, it's just a phenomenal thing you guys are doing. Man. I mean, I, I've had the opportunity yeah, to attend oh, yeah. to attend several uh, chapter meetings here in Orange County, and just the uh, the compassion. And I was fortunate enough uh, back then, before regulations, to be able to help contribute. And I think we're actually getting around that corner uh, as far as uh, uh, where I was where I was contributing from. They're getting back to that space. So we're going to hopefully going to be able to do that again. And with the change in the California laws and, and not taxing and being able to um, <clears throat> to give product to organizations such as Sean's yeah. uh, was huge because the first couple of years of, of 64, you couldn't give it away. Sure. Oh, so now they can't receive free cannabis? No, they can receive free cannabis before the person who was giving it would get taxed on it like if it was a sale. Oh, so that's wasn't, not right. So you could, but you can't. So, you, you so you, not only would you donate a bunch. You're getting which, hit for it. You're not only, you know, you're paying you're for that, which is which they yeah, understand, literally. and then you're getting hit again with the taxes because this California government got their head so far up their ass that they, they still can't pull it all the way out. So, 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 is there changes on that? Is what we're, we're here discussing? No, I mean, that did change, um, as far as as far as that goes. What proposition was that, or what uh, that was? AB, right? It was SB thirty four. So, the way it used to be under Prop two fifteen, we were the insurance policy for growers and everybody because we were the patients with the scripts, right? So, when you got arrested, we would show up and say, "Yeah, they donated X number of pounds last month and before that," and. Therefore, we had access was easy because people needed us. Once 64 comes along, government supplants everybody else, and they now run everything, and they basically shut down donations pragmatically because people had to pay donations on giving away free cannabis. No one does that. So what we did was fight uh, for two years. We got SB, I think it was 289 passed, and then it got vetoed by uh, Governor Brown his last um, year, and he vetoed it. And then we we are we did it again under SB 34, uh, and Governor Newsom signed it. And what that does, it just removes taxation uh, from the uh, from the equation. Donation so from the donation. At these events we're doing, walk in and they get free medicine at zero cost. That's, That's wonderful. Great. You know, I got a question that you uh, made a statement on. What is the drug academy? Did I say that right? Yeah, you <laughs> That's did. cat tranquilizer, yeah. right? I don't know. I don't, well, no, ketamine is—it's known as a horse tranquilizer because they do use it on, on animals. But it was—it was created in I think it was 1957. It actually replaced PCP in the operating room and still used in emergency rooms on children because it has a very safe risk profile. But the thing people don't like about it is it's an elusive—it is one of the most serious disassociatives I've ever taken. So when you take a lot of it, you go into what's a K hole. And it's like you're flying through outer space. So if you like psychedelics, it's a very pleasurable, mentally pleasurable drug. However, wow. yeah, you can't go into that state and never come out, correct? Oh, really? Some, like, I've never heard of that. Um, oh, Z, but, I think Z sleep or something like that if you do too much of it? Yeah, no, I've did it probably more than anyone in the history of, <laughs> of mankind, I would imagine. And, no, I mean, the issue with ketamine, the risk with ketamine is, the, uh, is you will get um, urinary tract issues. And that's the risk. It has a very safe profile. All these drugs have, uh, they attack different parts. Ketamine's really a um, urinary issue that you can have bladder issues in the future. But it's a very, uh, uh, it's not physically addicting, but it's very emotionally addicting because they actually give it to Navy SEALs. And that's how I, from a friend who was a SEAL in Coronado, when they get out of missions now, they give it because it really has an amnesia effect. 
wow. for that for the uh, PTSD. So it's it it I, I was self medicating to an extreme, and it's not a positive because you basically are comatose and ineffective. And and basically, it sounds like that drug really just masks it, anyways. Like most of the pharmaceuticals do, just masks it 100%. and doesn't deal with the uh, underlying problem of the PTSD. It, yeah. The, it, it doesn't, it, as I said, it's not a long-term or even medium-term solution, and I was using it as a nutritional supplement daily. Wow. Well, wow. we want to thank you guys. We're, we're here with Sean and Sean from Weed for Warriors. When we come back, we're going to have some amazing information for you guys. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, fam. I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, welcome back. You guys know that song? 
Welcome yeah. back. Welcome. See you, Joe. Welcome, welcome back, Carter, right? That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to sing it, though. I don't welcome know back. To... Welcome. I That's bet not you if your brother either. was here, he That's would know your either. brother's a theme song. I'd sing it, but you'd have to, everybody turn off Sean, your do you know the song, Sean? Come on. I know you got to know the song. I know the song welcome really back. well, but I don't welcome know if I'd be the son of singing it on YouTube. Yeah. That's close. <laughs> no, either way. Sean, you mentioned something that I, that I want to touch on, which was emotions and this and that. And then you said you really um, became aware when you started working with a doctor, I want you to elaborate on that because there's probably a lot of people, not only military vets, but just people in general, when they become aware of their issues, where cannabis can not only help, you know, the weed for warriors people, whether it be, you know, uh, you're a veteran and you need help or you just had child trauma or you have adult trauma. How did you become aware is the quote that you said, I became aware when working with this doctor. Elaborate on that, please. I think the awareness started to come at the VA when I saw the over-medication issue. And what I meant by that is when I was in the jungles of Panama and down in Peru and in Colombia, I remember a shaman said, and I was a young kid at the time, I had no clue what, you know, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, um, the way we treat mental illness. And we got on this conversation and he thought it was bizarre because he viewed it as just a lot of normal things you deal with. And we were talking about some of the ayahuasca stuff they use. And it wasn't, that conversation clicked into me when I was at the VA in 2013, when I literally saw people who were being their emotional coming to terms with these issues and understanding that they're part of life and how you deal with them and, and letting go of the survivor's guilt and, and also learning, you know, the, the, the manic episodes, the depression, how, what are the tools that I can use to deal with these issues that therefore allow me to move forward so I can put those things behind me. Sure. And until you recognize these issues and until you recognize what's going on, it's you don't deal with them in effective ways, let alone healthy ways, which I wasn't doing. So it wasn't until I went and saw anecdotal example after anecdotal example in La Jolla in their psych ward of 40 or 50 vets who were saying the same things I said, were feeling the same things I felt. And then we talked about the, how the pharmaceuticals, Lamictal in my example, made me feel when I took this drug as an antidepressant or lethal for a stabilizer. And within 72 hours, I'm on the freeway, wanted to drive off the freeway. That is not Sean making a decision. That is my mind altered on pharmaceuticals that you doubt yourself because we're taught this, these doctors are well-educated. They know what they're doing. So in 2007, when I walk in to a, uh, a psych doctor and they do a three-page questionnaire, I don't mention anything about my military experience. And I walk off and they're telling me I'm bipolar and they're putting me on four medications. I accept what they say is fact. I accept <laughs> what they say is good for me because they're doctors. They know what they're talking about. It isn't until you're exposed to the downside of our for-profit healthcare and you understand what's going on and how they're getting paid. And at the end of the day, they get paid by writing scripts. And it isn't through years of going through their process and it failing until I had the confidence to go start listening to myself. And, and it wasn't until that I saw in front of me those anecdotal examples, that data set in my own eyes, that I was able to make the connections to the point you're allowed to have people come in and see you. I called my friend and I'll show remain nameless, but Craig knows her. And she bought in a hundred THC pills in her breast. She just had a, a boob implant and I took them and distributed it within the VA. 
because again, I'm not in my right mind and got everyone hyped. To that day, quite a few of those veterans are part of the We Warriors. Wow. And that was the first time they got high. So it was there that it clicked on me what not only what my own experiences said and to trust myself, but then started to think about all my life experiences that didn't have any background color then for me to put those in perspective. But now I could go back and understand what that shaman was saying because mm. in their rituals, they have a place for psychedelics, right? It's a religious experience. It's part of the growing up experience because it pushes the boundaries. It says it gives you feelings on a steroidal level, if I use just a colloquial kind of phrase, for you to push those boundaries to get comfortable with, I've been here, it's okay, this is part of life, and now I got to put it in perspective so I can get the tools to be a productive citizen, not only for yourself, but for your spouse, your kids, sure, sure. your friends. And then once those connections start happening again, that's when the healing starts. You know, that makes sense. You, know you know, it's 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 weird because a lot of people don't ever actually catch themselves. You know, like they just completely lose themselves, and so you. Well, it's you, hard to admit you have a problem. You yeah. Know, let alone yeah. everything. Well, Sean and describing and and to be able yeah. to identify, like you, Sean, you can go to different doctors, and this goes hand in hand with anybody with problems. It can Any be drug, overeating. Alone, it could be yeah. you know from food to alcohol sex, to hard drug to, to sex, to yeah, everything. Right. So when when you look at that, and by the way, those were all on my list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, sure. and mine too. But it's just crazy though to to go with your saying, Blue. It's hard to catch that. To catch it. It's hard That's, to identify. It's, it's it's damn near impossible to admit you have a problem and say, hey, I think I have a problem with this. Sure. And most people with your scenario, Sean, and most as we're talking to Sean from Weed for Warriors, when you come out of the military, it's what you're taught to do. You're an American. You're a soldier. Tough. You're, you know, this tough is man. what we did. And whether it be extreme as you go kill, because I have several friends that were flying helicopters that their mission was press the button and clear the way. And not thinking anything about it, but whatever was in the way, you just cleared the way. Not knowing who's in those homes, and then it affected him later. You know, and it's like he had to tell me, like, dude, I had to realize that I need to work on this. So it's like hard, and which I want to allude to, Sean, how do you speak to these people out there that are listening that are possible veterans or anybody for that matter with a problem, but let alone for your experience, the veteran, how do you come to the realization to say, maybe I'm having a problem with this? Sure. Right. It's a, those are discussions that happen every day throughout America. Right. And if we're going to be honest, happen every day, not very successfully. Yeah. Um, and and the reality is it's not a it's a process to get there. And not everyone makes that process because they don't survive. They go where Blue not said they don't make it or, 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 or they, they you know, you. I think you can commit yourself that it's okay and that you're fine. You know what I mean? Versus, you know, committing yourself that this isn't okay and that you're not fine. It's okay. I'm just drinking every night. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Or, or I'm or, doing drugs or, or whatever the thing is. Or you're is. taking the pharmaceuticals that the doctors prescribe. That's the too other much. One, Craig. Yep. Yeah. Or, or the doctor's telling wish. me. If you have a death wish and you don't, in my case, I mean, I was, you know, partying 24 7 on lots of drugs, sex. I mean, it was the Wolf of Wall Street time, you know, severely. I'm lucky I survived. You know, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for, I love you know, that you say that. People, I wouldn't be here. So it's not that I walked this road alone. And, and I think it's happenstance who survives and who doesn't. And, and whether or not I should be here or not, it's not the story. But to your point, I had a death wish. I didn't care if I lived or died. So that's how you operate. So it's, it's, it's surviving that 
not even loving yourself and hating yourself yeah. and mad at yourself before you come in terms and learn that I'm okay with who I am and, and what's happened and I'm okay with that and I'm going to move forward. You know, no, how, how, how many chapters do you have now? Right. Well, we, we have, you know, we're, we, as you know, we're, we're attacking a different model. We're going to go away. We've kept the chapters we've had. And as they closed down, not reopened them because we're uh, with COVID uh, right now, I think we got 12 or 14 chapters active throughout the country. A lot of inactive, meaning they don't hold formal meetings, but we're going to go to these SB 34 events. You see us going to, which it gets is the access point. Now, now we have to reinvent the social aspect of this. And the, the, our chapters before worked because personal shares. The problem is the landlords are so scared. We've lost almost all our meeting places oh, wow. for our chapters to meet because they don't want 80 vets who are smoking like chimneys there. So what we're doing is through SB 34, um, what we're going to do is do those. And then we've got to figure out a funding source. And we think we've got it figured out to create that outreach that's so important for the veterans. That Prop 64, whether you like it or not, took away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It sure had its uh, unintended consequences, or intended, yeah. however you want to look at it. I suppose the way they put that together. No, that's who you are. It's both. The answer is it's both, depending who it was. Yep. True. True. Yeah. Sean, I want to touch on. You said you got some pills snuck into in the breasts, which I just can't get my mind off how big <laughs> those breasts were with a hundred pills in there. And the first time, a lot of people got high. But it made me think of when you use that term. So many people think getting high is strictly smoking a joint. Yeah. You know what I mean? So many people think medicating veterans or medicating people is all about smoking cannabis. Yeah. Just and not realizing, like I'm sure a lot of the people there at the VA did, when you gave them that pill for the first time that had, you know some THC in it and helped them and, and has helped many people come off of these other pharmaceutical pills. You know, how, how does that convince people and see and open their eyes to if they were even against, you know, smoking cannabis, but yet you can actually take a pill now and take it other ways? Right. You know, that's a great question. And, and to be honest with you, there's no right way to approach it because my partner, Mark, would start very, I mean, with a you know 100 milligram THC pills, probably not the best way to start for a newbie. Let's be honest with you, <laughs> right? Uh, but but Mark, my partner, will joke. He's the one who dabs you really light. I'm the one who goes just suck as you hard as you can and, and take a lot to the first guy. You know because we're just different people. Um, he says I'm a dick. Uh, but in all seriousness, we're dealing with some pretty hardcore individuals in the psych ward in La Jolla. We're dealing with with people who don't do anything half measured. So really, what it was was it was in relevance to where they were in their point in time. And these guys are at the edge. And so really what it was to me was it's an EpiPen. This was take this. The worst thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to have an eight hour trip. They all had drug experiences that, so we're not, you know, these aren't people who are against hallucinogenic, you know, approach for most of it. And really it's the experience itself that is the teacher and in the, in the coming to Jesus. It isn't me. It isn't anyone else. It's, it's that feeling you have on cannabis that allows you to now, you know what? I'm not such an asshole. Craig's not such an asshole. Well, Joe's that's questionable. Right. And we can talk and we can get by those triggers and we can start to network. And when I'm in trouble now, my spouse has someone to call um, because the spouse of Sean, is, he, she puts up with his ass and my husband or my wife, and we have both sides that are equally uh, aggressive. Um, you know, so, so it really is the story and the journey 
that it becomes self-evident. It's not any magical thing I say. It's really about, you know what? I'm finding happiness again uh, on this. It's, it is, I'm de-escalating situations again, and we're not. It is, you know what? My husband or my wife isn't abusive like she is or he is on alcohol sure. again. It is, you know what? I don't have suicidal thoughts like I do on my antidepressant medicines like I do think, or you know what? I can get through the withdrawals of my heroin that my opiates got me addicted to by using cannabis. So they're all different needs. I, I think it's something that deals with a lot of uh, the pills, different pills we take, and I think it can be used as a tool. So to me, it's the process of using it, and that's why I just got the pills in and gave them to people who wanted to, um, not because I was going to testify as to why they should do it, because I'll talk forever. So to me, it's take it, we're here for you, brother and sister. I'll be on it too, and let's take this journey together. The worst thing is you're going to be one angry, suicidal person when you get out the other side. And usually when you're in that position, that that isn't a discussion that takes very long to take that, that pill. You know, serious question here. Is there a such thing in your mind as too much cannabis? You know, can someone abuse it, you know, just in your mind? I mean, you know, at any, at any level. The responsible side of me would say, yeah, I mean, if you can't function, whether it's sex, whether it's alcohol, whether it's cannabis, whether it's aloe vera, if you can't function, meaning too much of your money is going to that versus, you know, paying the rent and the health care. If you can't function because you can't the side effects of whatever you're doing and they're there for the pharmaceuticals, meaning I become unmotivated, which can be a side effect. Yeah, I think, and you have kids and you have to provide for those kids. Yes, I think it could be bad. But for someone like myself or someone who's using it as a medicine, as a substitute to opiates, to, you know, to the pharmaceutical approach, um, no, I don't think there's much downside because the downside has to be measured against the downside of, of the substance. That you were using. Yeah, that's been substitute. And the thought process. What is your regimen, Sean, that you find yourself at a best level for your cannabis consumption? It really depends what I want to do. I mean, if I'm coming on, you know, a talk show like this, I'll dab right before I come on because it takes the ease away and it just loosens me up and I can talk. And I'll do a sativa or you know, I know some people don't like that. At nighttime, I'll tend to, put, you know, do something that puts me to sleep. Um, I do like to smoke flour still, and it's my favorite form of consumption, blunts. So usually in the morning when I get up, uh, that's how I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy myself. So I use everything, including edibles. It really is a pot pour. And I think changing up not only the strains I use, but the intake or the method I medicate helps avoid the tolerance issue that comes with someone who uses cannabis daily like myself. What do you do and suggest if you have a friend who's just notoriously known as an asshole, you kind of do a talk show with them and, you know, four out of five days of the week when you see him, he's kind of a jerk. One day he's cool, but he's he's not here. Oh, oh, I'm just, I'm, not ask, here. I'm asking about a friend of mine. Not, oh, hold on. And, uh, and he's the oldest one of the group. So he's very experienced in life, but he acts like an asshole all the time. Well, not all the time. Just the majority. Hey, it's think, not an asshole pill. Oh, you know, well, well, his hair looks <laughs> nice on, today. Hold, Let me I wasn't tell you, talking about you. Craig. You look good, dude. I don't no, know. We, Craig, we haven't hair, even said it. Dude, I, you, you know, look amazing. Bro. I thought of it outside when I first seen you too. Man, right, I, w- I would fly out there. You know what? Going to Vegas to get your hair done. I hope. Did you run in? Did you go see Sean? I wasn't, I wasn't able to, I was actually working most of the time dude he comes back sean he never calls me when he comes out here <laughs> well, yeah. and he went to a dispensary and got a bunch of free product of course he didn't call you why would he share he just brought it illegally black back on the plane probably no, i paid 
Oh, yeah, right. Your I parents' did. fee? You waived it? No, I we, no, I didn't want. I don't want no handout. Oh, okay. I didn't need that. Oh, that's nice of they you. They were very nice to me though. New Leaf, yeah, over right off of Twain. That was a good post that you did. Really for them. nice inside too. Those yeah. guys, good seem guys, very good, good guys. But Sean, so be, being in. out there, do, are you able to get deals like that? You know, can you go to organizations like a New Leaf, or do we need to make an introduction for you to to help the organization like that, so that people from the organization can go in there, like no, say. You know what? I register and can I go to a dispensary and say, so, hey, I'm a, right. I'm a vet. Right. This is, you know, we didn't start this for any other reason than to help ourselves. And it's turned into, like you said, a brand and an organization with the grassroots movement. I think where we're at right now is what do we want to do? And so we've been working on and Craig and the Pop Brothers, let me give them a shout out. I've done such a tremendous amount of work pro bono for us. I know everyone at Cannabis Top Blue and Joe, you guys have donated money to the cause and we so appreciate all that effort. We don't go out loud with that. We don't ask for money and, and people like yourselves give it. Um, so, but what we're looking at right now is, listen, we happen to be at the nexus of, of a really amazing industry here. Can we use our network to put product in the market like a Newman's own and let people help by buying flour at a price because we have the growers that can put the best flour in that Mylar bag at the best price. So we're providing a service, but people can buy that and then we can turn around and buy medicine and give medicine out through these SB34 events. Or by the way, every month we're doing five events from San Diego all the way up to Humboldt where veterans are coming together when we're doing those things. That's what we're going to be looking at doing. So if you want to help us, I think, you know, what we are about is really what we have found is we didn't want to pit the veteran brand. And so we haven't done anything, but it's the time now we think to bring it to, to the market to, you know, everyone knows what we do or most people, not everyone, but most people in the industry do. Can we take what we do and put it on steroids? If we can do that in a transparent way, um, that's what we're looking to do. And I think we can accomplish what we're doing under the new model with SB 34 passed last year. And we've done now six or seven events and we're, we're ramping that up. We're going to do five events in October. We're going to do one in Los Angeles. But now if we can put our brand in the market, people can get a great product with a great flower, great you know concentrate. And then that money goes back to help you know the organization and the veterans. I think that's kind of where we're at and we're moving forward. So I think in the near future, you'll see us in, in, in markets. So you're going to, you're going to create a brand. It's already we created. Weed for Warriors not, not, not the, I know the, no, I know so the, we, I, I meant an actual yeah. flower product that you, a consumable product in the market that's going to hit the market. And then, Absolutely. and then are you going to now, are you going to get that donated to you and then put it on? I mean, cause that's ingenious right there. It no, is great. No, they're going to their are, own. For-profit entities, where the profit then is go to gotcha. fund what we're doing. I mean, we don't pay each other. We don't charge veterans. We've never charged anybody. We don't pay each other a salary. We make no money. I mean, you're talking less than ten thousand a year. We get donated that goes out the door. Yeah. Um, and we've done that on purpose because once money enters the equation, it goes crazy. Um, we haven't launched because the partnership, bringing partners in, it's the culture where we have. We have the ability to self-launch this thing now. Sure. And uh, and not have to worry about others. And so, yeah, we're going to take a shot at doing that. And our thought is if we then take the proceeds and instead of asking for donations can create meds that we can give away, it's just going to amplify our reach and, and do what we've done for the past six years on a different level. Love it. Sean, let me ask you, as I see the VA right over here off the 405 that has a huge, you know, lot, lot of space there and different locations across the country, I'm sure have, you know, space where they have the VA buildings. Can you foresee, God willing, one day where they're actually growing cannabis at the VA? And when you come to the VA for your checkup, here's an eighth. 
Here's an ounce. Talk to the we, weed. We're growing we our have, own. Weed for Warriors are right down the w- block here. They'll help you with any questions you have. Not even down the block. Have. I mean, like, like I mean, the one off Wilshire has a big old a lot. Rep- they can have a big old grow right there. No, or you have a representative from Weed for Warriors representing the, the at the, the VA hospital. Yeah, to, and all over the place. Texas. I don't care. Pick the I, city I, state. I see it coming. You know? I see it coming. I would love for that to happen. Five years. W- what's your vision say? I think... Well, I like your five years. They already do it in another country. So, like, Canada... Right now, I can get up, I think it's three grams. It used to be up to like 10 or 11 grams a day. I can get three grams of flour sent to me in the mail a day of flour. You can choose concentrates. Wow. And other so you're a veteran? People do that. For veterans Free in Canada? In veterans of cannabis in lieu of pharmaceuticals. And they'll even pay for a vaporizer like a volcano. So other countries are doing it. So the reality wow. is once the science over time is done, if it, 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 it's, it's indicated, I think the VA it's could get happen. there. I think the reality is we are dealing with a hyper conservative medical system in a hyper conservative country, and we can't even pass a banking bill on the federal level. I think the discussions of VA reimbursement is what it would probably be, meaning we buy in the it could happen, but I don't think it's a realistic access choice in the next five to 10 years. Um, but and that's why I think we decided to go our, our route, because what we're talking about is access, right? Sure. And veterans, you know, this is, I say, you guys are selling these under this tax and regulate model that taxes the shit out of this thing. And let's say an eighth costs $40. And that's an average eighth. And after taxes, most you get up to 50 and higher. But that's four joints a day. That's one average vet's use. Morning, lunch, afternoon, after he gets off work, and evening to go to bed. 40 times 30 is $1,200. An average vet makes 100% disabled vet makes 3000 He is not going to take, you know, uh, uh, 40% of his income and pay it in the, you know, the uh, dispensary model. That's why we have the illicit market we do. So what our approach is about with bringing our brand to market is can we use that as a solution to access until the VA comes to market? Because until the VA comes to market or insurance comes to market, people are going to have to pay out of their own pocket. And people who make $3,000 a month are not going to be able to medicate properly in the dispensary or Prop 64 market. So that's the exact thing we're trying to tackle to answer your question. Sure. If I thought the VA was a realistic option, we'd probably let them do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad that, you know, we, we talk about five, ten years out. I think you're right because, you know, I was just reading today about the MORE Act that the House was going to vote on. And they put off the vote on the MORE Act because how it'll look. How even the freaking Democrats, how it would look in trying to pass this more act when you got the pandemic going on and you have this going on. They're still the politicians. Right. The politicians are still more worried uh. about the optics than about what really helps people. Yeah. I mean, we've got we, we've got what, 30, 33, 30, 35 states that allow medical marijuana. Eleven of those states and Washington have legalized it for 21 or over. Six more states are voting on it this year. And we still got a federal government, Democrats and Republicans alike, that's still just, I don't know what the problem is, that the optics of, of, of being pro-cannabis, they might lose an election. South Dakota's strong right now, too. They're making a lot of noise out there. So hopefully they're one of the six that makes some moves. They are one of the six. Well, we got yeah. it. And, and, and you're not even getting the straight story on what happened with the MORE Act. And we can talk about it if you want it another time or now. But the, the thing is, we have to realize it's not only our politicians that aren't focused on the people and what helps the people. It's not. It's the lobbyists. And as much as it pains to see me when you see normal and people like that, 
they're advocating for the industry and patients are not the industry patients are the consumer and so i'm all for the more act and descheduling what i'm not for is basically giving the more act which eliminates 280e for the industry good news but by paying a five percent tax for uh, yeah to spend that's doesn't excite me but yeah it's corrupt as all hell what's going on but that's not just cannabis that's everything in american politics and it's like it's funny when you look at that and you look at more of it. It's like it's going to cost more anyways. It goes through, it legalizes, takes away that, helps us, but yet charges more people even more taxes than what you're already looking at anyways. It's the highest it's tax like 47 percent effective tax at the end of the day here in California. It's just absolutely ludicrous. Oh, ludicrous. It's bad policy because no matter what you think the taxes are, what they're going to be used for, all you're going to do is hurt the legal industry, suboptimal amount of taxes you could get for the state. And it creates an illicit market, which creates the pesticide issues for patients, which creates the criminality issues for patients. And you know what? We're being told as patients that DPA and those places like normal, they're focused on the industry, not on a functioning industry. And that's the problem we have with Prop 64. It's, it's not functional right now. Sean uh, from Weed for Warriors Project, before we break and go to the high five, I wanted to get you on a random question right here as you are a veteran. Your thoughts on John McCain, would you say he's a war hero or not? Well, listen, I think no matter how you look at politics and fair disclosure, my uh, conservative uh, uh, veteran friends think I'm a communist (laughs) and my and my my liberal my liberal veteran friends think I'm a a conservative white male. So um, I will say this. I think you have to honor John McCain for his service. I think you have to realize what John McCain went through as a prisoner of war and, and, and honor him for that. Uh, do I agree with John McCain on his politics? No, not in a lot of it, but he stood for something. And I think to denigrate John McCain uh, serves nobody. And I, and I would say there's, there's always those people who want to hate. But at the end of the day, he was a veteran. He stood up when he didn't have to because he was the son of a wealthy business, you know, admiral. He didn't have to serve. He served. He was shot down. He was a prisoner of war. And I think at the end of the day, he did what he thought was right. So in my mind, I think I I admire John uh, McCain. I think he deserves our respect. And I've never heard of talking ill of people who are dead as as a positive. And I think anyone who talks ill of the dead, a positive, a war hero, especially someone who's not, uh, I have to question what their purpose is. Fair enough answer. We don't have to get into any politics. I was literally just curious about that. For those who can read between the lines, well, you guys know what I'm talking about. Great. But I'm curious as a fed, for, you know, veteran. Oh, he's no John Joe Biden. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> he's no Joe Biden. There you go. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah. There's oh. a reason you asked it. Why do you ask it? Well, discussion you've had with others? Well, no, it's because I wanted to get a standpoint from somebody who's, you know, strong military vet doing things for the military vets and you know your your record shows for itself. And it really actually hurts my gut and heart and mind when I think of what has been said about him from the leadership of this country and I was just curious on what a fellow veteran thought about it because it hurts me and I'm not a vet my father was and and I feel um, uh, that it disgraces our veterans and our military when somebody says something like that about somebody who's done what he's done and I feel like somebody with that much power should never open his mouth like that I think what you said was very poetic and I feel the same way and that's why I just wanted to see if I was on the same standpoint and no, you're exact same way. And, and the source of those criticisms, wherever they come from, 
I think I've learned something. Usually the criticism is a projection of the person saying it. And then I think that fits those perfectly. And uh, I would leave it at that. Perfect. Well, we come back. We're going to have a good time with the high five. It's Sean from Weed for Warriors. It's Cannabis Talk 101. Yee! Hey, fam. I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like a recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Welcome back to a place. We're going to play this one Thank time. you for that. I was wondering how the song went. Yes. You got to learn the words, Joe. <laughs> what movie is this? For? This is this Welcome Back, Connor. Welcome Back, Connor. It is theme song, right? Theme song. Or Shaq. 
Oh, God, I love yeah. that, man. Horse Jack. <laughs> Great call right there, yeah. guys. Good job. You know, good teamwork. I don't know how you guys put that together without me even seeing it, but I loved it. Yes, it had I to You go. did it on the fly. It had wow. to happen. It had That's to happen. fortunate enough to say thank you, Pitt. Thank you, Peanut. Thank you, Jennifer. And thank you, Elvis, for everything you do. Yeah. That's right there, there folks, go. is what we call everything that you do that you guys get to experience with us. Beautiful thing, man. Now it's time for the high five with Sean from Weed for Warriors Project. And, and again, I want to thank you, Sean. You know, I, again, it's always a pleasure. I love uh, having intelligent conversations with you and what you guys do is more than honorable. So thank you for all of your service. Yeah, and, and it was funny because we were on a conference call just yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, and we brought your name up. And uh, maybe it was brought up about three weeks ago. Who knows? We exactly. got cussed out. Throw, but, well, but then Craig, <laughs> Craig, wife, re- obviously. Craig, please reach out to him. We want to talk to Sean again from Weed for Warriors. He's such a poetic man. So I thank you. We've had him on since we've been on. IHeart. No, we haven't had him on the podcast. We've had now him on the worldwide. FM show. Yeah, worldwide. Oh, how many of countries? Worldwide, how many countries? It just went up. Here's the latest news, ladies and gentlemen. We are now heard in eighty-eight. Different countries. It wow. was 86. Wow. So we jumped up two countries. Wow. Nice. And what, what is that, Pitt? Fresh. I think it was uh, oh, from Fresh fr- Bombs. Fresh Bombs. Is what Pitt says, because we've seen some That's different countries fantastic. out there. Was very, it's just very interesting. Do we know what, what those countries are? I did. We read them yesterday. They're so hard to just remember off the top of my head, but I have the list in, in the other room. I was just happy that it went up two more countries. So thank you, everybody, for listening Any to us around the world. countries besides the U.S.? A lot. <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, Uranus is right there, too. <laughs> Question number one for the high five with Mr. Sean from Weed for Warriors Project. How old were you the first time you smoked weed, and where'd you get it from? Oh, well, I smoked twice when I was a teenage kid, and it was my girlfriend that I was trying to score with, and she got what wasn't very good cannabis, and I smoked it, and I was like, what the hell was this? And I ended up going to alcohol uh, for my high school drug of choice, and then literally it wasn't until uh, I was on Wall Street, and my wife in 2004 or five was having headaches. And she was going through the pharmaceutical approach. And my good friend who ran a large multi-billion dollar ARP fund from MIT said, why don't you try uh, cannabis? Or why does she try cannabis? I'm like, you got any? And literally said, no problem. We went down for lunch, got a bong, walked upstairs. The guy shows up with on Park Avenue with the pizza box, opens it up. And it's like every possible strain in no. 15 minutes. I'll, say, I'll take some sour diesel. I'll take this. I went home. At this point in time, we're living in Connecticut. It's, you know, summer. I get the kids down at 8.30. We go upstairs, smoke, um, cough, and we go down and swim for the next two hours. And literally, I was like, why the hell is this shit illegal? And you got to remember, this is someone who participated in the drug war in the military, saw friends die, now is able to put two and two together. And I'm like, this is criminal what's going on. And that's when my wife and I started using it together. And it was it was an intermediate thing at that time. And then it wasn't until I literally hit rock bottom that I used to use it, started using it exclusively as a medicine in 2013. And that changed my world. Fantastic. Awesome. We already know this answer. You already told us. But number two is what is your favorite way to use cannabis? Rectal, rectal, Craig, rectal. Um, <laughs> Suppositories or, or someone finger with some uh, cream on it. Yeah. That's not cannabis. That's just called his neighbor. That's his neighbor. <laughs> his Vegas no, sweaty no, finger no. neighbor. 
Are you still? You, you sure you're blunts. still sober, right? <laughs> I mean, blunts. is, is I that blunts. blunts? Is that face down or standing up? <laughs> if we're being blunt. <laughs> question number. Like question like number three of the high five was Sean from Weed for Warrior Projects. Craziest place you've ever used cannabis or smoked it. I like the view. Look at him. He's like, hmm. Where Craziest was I? place you've ever used wow, or smoked. I, I mean, I would say, you know, the, the craziest place has been probably at the VA in the psych ward. Ooh, that's right. When they came wow. in in the booby. Yeah. And, you know, my lawyer later called me an idiot saying, you know, that's federal property and you probably had enough to put you away to us and thank god my wife has uh, had a, a you know nice boobs because it hit it well yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's always awesome. a good thing question number four what is your go-to munchies after you get high uh i like corn nuts mm. is you that, actually still is that really a flavor bad. is it a flavored a yeah flavor? Like what ranch, flavor? ranch regular cool ranch barbecue and ranch <laughs> You know, those are always good. Sometimes we get them in the office here and they go we so get, fast. They go now, do you so still quick. get the munchies? Because that's a, I, I mean, that's know. a tough I mean, question because I don't think like I do these, anymore. I don't, I don't think you get I, high. You know I, I don't I, think you get high either. My psych doctor at the VA accuses my being overweight by 15 or 20 pounds as because I'm a probably 30 user. or 35, but go ahead. Oh, here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just go with your 1520. Sorry, Sean. I'm just looking at this Thanks, picture. Joe. The camera oh, yeah. adds weight. My bad. It's your camera. Change the um, lens. But, um, yeah, you know what? I would say I smoke all, all day, so I think it's not. No, I don't get the munchies. I think I, I, I eat. You know what? The problem is people emotionally eat. And so... A lot of people who are using cannabis for emotional support or those reasons are going to snack anyways because they get their, you know, their, their food as a way to release the endorphins and so forth. So a lot of people who are dealing with the PTSD, it kind of is interesting that counteracts that. And that's what I've experienced since I've used it so much is I no longer get the munchies. But I would say that my weight has stabilized. So I don't think it's an issue any longer for me. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. I'm very emotional. Look at me. I emotionally. All right, number five. Since you've already smoked with us, if you could smoke with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? <laughs> and why? Oh, I, love I know Mark one. and Craig because they're just the Pop Brothers at law. If you legendary. could smoke with anyone other than the Pop Brothers, because you've already done that, that was good. I dead like or that. alive, yeah. Who would it be? You know what? Probably I would. I would love to do someone like, you know, uh, political. So I, I'm thinking, you know. Roosevelt. Ah, Teddy? Good old Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, someone like that. Probably, uh, or, or, you know, uh, World War II, uh, Roosevelt, and, and maybe his wife. And mainly because I'm fascinated by how America came through the Great Depression and then went into, you know, World War II, which ended up getting us out, and how Roosevelt did four terms and, you know, stacked the court some very relevant issues to today, depending what side you're on. And I would love to, to understand because one thing I've learned doing this is what you hear in the press. A lot not the advertised market. It would really get high with okay. talk about the reality of the things he dealt with. And so, yeah, I would probably say Roosevelt. 
Roseville. Why did you say that? Because of what we hear in the press? Say that again? No, I was going to say I would love to talk to him about the issues he encountered with stacking the court. Because when he came into power, his new deal of Social Security and Medicaid and those things were not going to pass. So he literally had to stack the court with judges and increase the number of judges on the Supreme Court to be fat to get all this stuff okay. And so we're entering that kind of time frame with Trump now able to put on another conservative. And at the same time, you have Democrats now talking about stacking the court if he does that with additional justice, which would, as you know, Craig could tell a lot better, increase the number of judges from, I think it's at nine to a, a 13, higher number. 13. Yeah, to balance it. And so that's kind of, uh, I would say right now, who I'd like to smoke with, go back at Roosevelt and and see him in his natural state of polio, which, again, the press didn't talk about. So those are things I'd love to get high with him at the White House. That would be my choice. Fantastic. That's an interesting choice. We've never heard that one, but those are great reasons why. And like you said, with current times, it would give you a a, a different view to look at things in a different way. But yeah, it's more of just to take over, bottom line. Well, Sean, Sean, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, before we get out of here, is there anything you want to plug uh, for the Weed for Warriors projects, your Instagrams, Facebooks, and et cetera? No, if you're interested in getting to know us and, and reach out on our social media, which is Instagram, w, at WFW underscore project. So, uh, Facebook, same. Reach out under direct message there. Or email, which is just going to be info at WFWproject.org. And we'll get back to you. And, and again, we're all volunteers. Uh, and so uh, we're not the greatest of customer service, but we're on the front lines <laughs> helping. So please forgive us. Hey, man. Thank you for thank everything you, for you service, do, man. Brother. We love you and appreciate you. It's Cannabis Talk 101. Remember this. Thank you. If no one else loves you, we, we do. do. Thank you for listening to another podcast of Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis, featuring Sean Kiernan from the Weed for Warriors Project. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.